What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 96 of the Stand Up Guys podcast, the old 96er, as they call it. <laughs> I'm your host, Incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by my bro bro from the same Momo, Lester Jones. Hello, everybody. You guys yeah. remember Momo? <laughs> those pictures, <laughs> those creepy pictures of that lady they would call Momo in the news? No, I have no idea. <laughs> what is this? this? This is like a trend that was happening a few years ago. There was like this creepy picture that people were sharing. Of Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was, It's like know. a creepy woman? Yeah, she that had wasn't a long, from, stretched out face. That wasn't from like a video game or something? I don't think it was, it was just made up. Like somebody just took this image and like altered it a little bit, and it became like this huge news story that people ran with. Well, as you can hear, we're also joined by the guy that knows everything about Momo, <laughs> <laughs> the Ninth Wonder, Chocolate Thunder, dropping fitties and grabbing titties, the nip flicking, deep dicking, swimming in boobies like Scrooge McDuck and Rubies, the phenomenal AJ Singh. Also, Momos are a snack in Nepal. They're really delicious. <laughs> Don't you talk about eating my Momo. <laughs> what are they exactly? They're like little dumpling balls, basically. You just dip them in something and you eat them. Hmm. But they're good. Something chocolatey and salty. <laughs> Suck my chocolate salty balls. Put them in your mouth. Hey, children. <laughs> uh, what have you guys been up to? What have you been watching? What have you been doing? Man, uh, we got, we got to touch on this. Like, I saw the Thor: Love and Thunder uh, trailer, the second one that came out. Oh yeah, I and saw they that. showed Gore the God Butcher, and I think he looks awesome. Yeah, it, the the thing is weird is like most of the scenes he he's in are like kind of like black and white with yeah. like a, like a splashy color when he's like fighting people. So it's yeah, I think, weird. That, I think that comes from like the whole Necrosword because you know the Necrosword comes from like a different being named Noel who comes from, like, darkness, the void, basically. And uh, because of that, his weapon, like, basically, it sucks up, like, color or something. It, it takes away all of that saturation. Ah, interesting. creates, like, black and white images. And uh, that's where you see uh, Valkyrie fighting with that lightning bolt against Gore, where she has a little bit of color on her face still, and the lightning bolt is colored, but the rest of her body is, like, black and white. Right. So it seems like he... The theory is that he sucks out, like... That's his way of like sucking out color, but life, power, energy. So, I mean, that might be where it is. I hope so. Uh, oh, I think... it's, like, it's like the vampire girl on uh, Adventure Time. <laughs> oh, yeah, kind of <laughs> like her, yeah. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Marvel gets all their ideas, <laughs> Adventure Time. I don't watch Adventure Time. Does I don't she, know which one came does, first. Does she suck out the color out of things, too? Yeah, like red. Oh, yeah. The yeah, red she drinks the color red, mm -hmm. sucks the color red out of things. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> but I mean, uh, because of this trailer, I had to go back and rewatch. Uh, so this is a guy who like breaks down like comics and puts them in a way to like where it almost is like a show. And he he had this uh, good animation going on with uh, the Gore the God Butcher storyline. And uh, it's probably like two, three hours total. Holy shit. Yeah, but it was really good. And uh, I enjoyed it. I, that's the second time I've watched the Gore the God Butcher story. It, it was different this time, of course, because it was like in a, almost in like a, a show form. Kind of like yeah. a motion comic. Yeah, motion comic sort of thing. Yeah. Huh. So it was really cool. I like What's that guy's channel? Uh, I think it's Russian Comic Nerd. Something like that. Russian I'll, Comic Nerd. Yeah, I'll look it up for you. I'll, I'll let you know. But yeah, really good. And uh, people are complaining about uh, Christian Bale having a nose and no tentacles, I guess. 
But uh, that seems like a dumb complaint. The the character looks awesome, and I mean, somebody else touched on this before, but doing a character without a nose ends up making him look like Voldemort. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> well, it's been a while since I read the the comic, but he he does kind of a Voldemort look, doesn't? Yeah, he, he does. Okay, he does. But I mean, I don't think you want to go with that look, you know, in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it probably would look a little too similar to Voldemort. Yeah. That's probably exactly why they didn't do it. Right. That's what I think too. But uh, yeah, movie looks great. I'm I'm excited to watch it. And even before this movie comes out, Miss Marvel's coming out as a show, so... Yeah, and I think we're going to try to review that one week to week. Is that coming out before She-Hulk, or is She-Hulk coming out before? No, Miss Marvel comes out first, because it's coming out soon. Like June 8th? Yeah, and then I believe She-Hulk comes out mid-August. Okay. So we got a few months for that one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Disney's starting to line up all the... All the shows. Yeah, I'm excited about between it. Between that and all their Star Wars stuff, they're getting... Try- I think they're trying to get to the point where they almost always have something either Marvel or Star Wars on. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, after Winter Soldier, they've been pretty consistent like with movies. You know, like uh, They've had some misses here and there, like Eternals and stuff. But and I even think, that wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, but I think they... I've consistently enjoyed their work, yeah. Um, what about you over there? What are we talking about? You know, just <laughs> what you've been watching during the week or, or any good stories from the week. Oh, wait. Back back to the trailer. Is Russell Crowe Zeus? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And there's like... Uh, there's a, like a little clip with uh, Russell Crowe. There's a bit where he like accidentally like zaps Thor's uh, clothing off. off. He and, flicked. Yeah, he flicked. He flicked too hard or something. There's a reason they say flick because in the comics, flick looks like... F-U-C-K, you know? Mm. So uh, there was one comic where uh, somebody flicked Thor and he was bent over and nearly naked. <laughs> so he said something in, about flicking him and he, I think he was ready to be flicked or something. <laughs> and they said, I'm ready to be, you know, that. And uh, this is a, this is just their wordplay. This is kind of a fun ah, <laughs> I didn't know there was a bag story behind it. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. You think they blur his ass in the movie? Or just in the trailer. <laughs> I hope they don't blur. <laughs> well, obviously this is PG thirteen, so they can probably you can probably only like see like the t- top half of his ass. No, there's, the, there's probably like a you got three inches of crack. Yeah. And, <laughs> okay. Just checking. Or maybe it's like you can only show any three any three inches at one time. So like, <laughs> they do the top and then they move around, but then they show the bottom. They can't show it all at never once. Never the though. middle. Yeah, never the middle. <laughs> never the twain shall meet. <laughs> never the hole. <laughs> yeah, this week I don't know, man. I've pretty much just been watching the repair shops and you would not believe the plot twists. <sighs> God damn it. But our parents were here uh, last weekend, so my dad also likes that show. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch a ton just because our parents were in town and we were hanging out with them. But, God, these repair shop. Ugh. Oh, so good. <sighs> so How good. is Like, what's the... Masterfully ap- written. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is written is the sad thing. But, like, what's the appeal to you? Like, Because you, you're not, like, one of these guys that goes out antiquing. No, but, I mean, I like making stuff occasionally. It's just interesting. Is it though? <laughs> you listen to Jim Cornette all fucking day. <laughs> the energy. Let's, let's get into this. <laughs> I don't know how, how you listen to so much Jim Cornette. I don't know how he talks that fucking. Much. No, he's un, unscripted and he's great and he can just go on for hours. He can. He does. That's impressive. Somebody who can talk for hours and hours and stay entertaining. He, and he is. He's yeah. funny. 
Well, he has moments. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't listen for three hours, though. I'm going to put that to the test. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's one guy Like I do the five minutes when like I'm that. taking a shit next to your room, <laughs> and I can hear talking, that's like, that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I listen to Moist Critical. Like uh, Moist Critical? Well, he goes by... He goes by Moist Critical, but he, people call him Critical, you know. Like, his his username is Moist Critical. Oh, I would call him Moist. Yeah. Mm. You call him Moist? <laughs> if it's Mo- between my Moist. My boy Moist. Yeah. Uh, but his real name is Charlie. He He's like a Twitch streamer. He goes on for like four or five hours straight sometimes, maybe even longer. And uh, I just play the the video and I go to sleep to it. <laughs> so it just goes on. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and it'll still be going. <laughs> All straight to the subconscious. <laughs> so you actually, you're one of these people that likes to listen to things while you sleep? Yeah. Because, like, I can't do that. Like, I'll have a panic attack. Like, <laughs> like I never quite get to sleep and then, like, you know, the volume will go up a little bit or something and I'll be like, ah. <laughs> it's like fucking heart palpitations, you know? <laughs> I always used to watch TV and go to sleep as a kid, like right in front of the TV. I'd sleep on the sofa, you know, so that's that's something I've done for many years. I might have been able to do it when I was a kid and you just sleep like a stone once you get to sleep. But yeah, as an adult, no way I could do it. Yeah, I just wake up at some point, shut it off. The one thing I did try was once trying to go to sleep with like the... uh, you know, white noise, like thunderstorm type of yeah. thing. And I thought, because I do like rainstorms. Yeah. But it, it didn't it's do it for me. the same. Yeah. Didn't work. Um, yeah, because our parents are in town, I didn't watch like a ton. Um, I did finish up um, Halo, Halo yeah, season one. I will say I like Halo quite a bit. You are the first person I've heard say that so far. Maybe it's because I know nothing about the video games. Okay. That, that probably has a lot to do with it. It probably does. <laughs> I actually I enjoyed it quite a bit. The one thing I'll say is like visually it's very uneven because like if you watch the first episode there's like this action scene. And I think I'm right about this, but I'm not like a fucking like director film expert so I might be wrong, but it seems like in the action scene in episode 1 and one in the middle of the season 2 like they're on a practical set, but they add like the characters like when their movement are probably like CG, you know. Or, and maybe even a mix of sometimes like um, actual like live action people in suits, and it looks pretty good. But the very final episode, like they have this battle that's on like a a different planet, and so like the whole setting is obviously not a practical set; it's a totally CG set, and like all the characters are CG. So it's because it, it, it's very video gamey. It's it's very cartoony and and your brain recognizes that and it's like all of a sudden I'm, it, it doesn't seem like you're watching a live action show yeah. anymore it seems like you're all of a sudden watching a cut scene in a video game like yeah. it, and it's like so my one note to them would be like even if you have to increase the budget a little more like episode one less like you know episode eight or whatever because like it it, it didn't look quite right yeah, maybe. like the, if the stuff where they mixed like the CG with the practical set like looked decent, but when it's just all CG, it's a little much. Yeah, they probably shot the episodes like sequentially and ran out of money at that point. Could have been. I mean, I would have thought they would have given them a pretty good budget, but like that could be because yeah, that that final episode, just that action scene, uh, and it went on for a while too, and I was just like, boy. I think they spent like ninety-five million on that show. Oh wow. Yeah. Man, you know what's crazy? That Lord of the Rings show that Amazon's making? 
it comes out to something like sixty-five million an episode. Jeez. It's like the most expensive show ever made. Is it getting any numbers? I haven't heard anyone say anything about. Well, it's not out yet. It comes out. Uh, I think it debuts in like September. I know a lot of people are up in arms about it being all woke or something, but. I mean, it's not even out yet, and they, they barely even had any promo <laughs> material. It was like a black woman on the cover. <laughs> no. It's not all whiteies. It's too woke. Yeah, that's, a, that's stupid. Well, uh, then people, because it happened before, they're like, there must have been a genocide in between you know, that and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, yeah. <laughs> all all the black people disappeared. Yeah. So, so people been talking mostly shit about Halo. Online? Yeah, yeah, every, really. Like mo- every review that I've seen from like pro reviewers, like they they've because most of their background is like gaming somewhat. You know, they oh, played the game, so they always compare it to that. I mean, yeah, like I was saying, visually that last episode a bit off, but like storyline wise, I thought it was actually very strong. Mm-hmm. I, I I enjoyed the story, so I'm definitely in for season two if they if they continue. Hey, they just announced today um, that they're going to make both a God of War uh, television show and a Horizon uh, television show. So they're going all in on video game shows. I I don't know much about Horizon. Uh, The game is great. Well, I've only played the first one so far. I want to play the second one. I haven't got around to it yet. But the first game, fantastic. Probably my favorite PS4 game. Okay. I mean, uh, these these sounds like good topics they're picking, these game, you know, titles anyway. Uh, I think God of War, I w- I'll definitely watch it. You know, I, I watch gameplay of it, you know, just enjoying that. So I'll watch the show, but man, it, just so many of these video game shows go south so fast. And I, I just, and Sony's in charge of this, and I just feel like I don't trust Sony. Yeah, Sony doesn't have the greatest track record. I'm hoping that TV will make it stronger than kind of Sony's movie output has been because their movie output has not been great. Yeah. Uh, if if mo- Sony keeps making mediocre movies, I think I'm going to it's actually going to become a, a stopping point for me. It's going to like stop me from watching <laughs> like if you know Sony produced yeah. is like not as interested <laughs> off the bat. Yeah. I mean, I don't know like I'm wondering if Sony what Sony's big franchises are that besides like the Spider-Man and video like PlayStation stuff. Yeah, but, I don't. but you're right. Like, they do not have a great track track record as of as of late. But I'm hoping the you know TV stuff will be stronger. <clears throat> Although, like, um, The Last of Us, that's going to be on HBO. Okay. HBO tends to have decent quality shows. Somebody uh, made fun of uh, these games coming out, these shows. They said that Tom Holland's going to star, star as uh, Kratos in <laughs> God of War. <laughs> <laughs> or you can be Aloy in Horizon. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know who they'll, they'll cast for him, but uh, it's interesting. Uh, Batista, maybe. You know what? I, I, could, I could see that. Yeah. It's got to be somebody pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, I could actually see Batista doing it. Mm-hmm. Although he w- he was saying that um, you know that Guardians three would be his last movie. He, he's he's like, I love it, but I'm getting up in age and like I'm starting to sag. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and Kratos, he's a he's a pretty buff guy. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't. He's not looking that bad. That's that's what kind of my thought too. I was like, I wish I looked like Batista. You know, <laughs> if I was just as flabby as Batista. <laughs> And then uh, the only other thing I watched was the most, uh, the newest episode of uh, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, which uh, I still enjoy. One I haven't seen. Yeah, I enjoy. How many are out? Three. Three. Yeah, I think I've seen two. 
Did you guys hear about uh, Ray Liotta passing away? I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah I saw that popping up on Twitter today. Yeah. I, I remember him in uh, his, the last movie I saw of his was Blow. I thought he played such a good father role in that figure in that movie. Like he, he I thought he was kind of young, but they made him look older and stuff with prosthetics. And yeah, I just thought he was like he reminded me of my own father. He just seems so like you know father Indian. figure like <laughs> yeah he was so Indian. <laughs> no, but I mean uh, yeah, I, I thought he was a good actor, and I, I enjoyed a lot of his work too. That was like the the cocaine movie. Blow, yeah. Uh. That's got like what Johnny Depp in it. Yeah, he's like I never saw that. He's one. like the the supportive father who's always there for him, but Johnny Depp like keeps letting him down. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's. I'm trying to think of like the last thing I would have seen him, and it's it seems like it's been a minute since he's I watched anything with him in it. Yeah, it seems like I've seen him in smaller roles. Was he in that Irishman movie? Yeah, I think he was. What? Was he? I, Maybe he wasn't. I don't think so. I mean, he famously was in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Was it just an arrow? I don't know. I watched it, and I don't remember shit about it, really. Yeah, I watched it. It was kind of boring, in my opinion. But I don't think he was in it. Okay. But what, he was like 68 or something, I think. He was in his 60s, I think, yeah. I don't know exactly. Died in his sleep, it said. Yeah. said he was like in the Dominican Republic? I think it did say something like that. It's kind of random. Yeah. Died in his sleep from all those tranquilizers. <laughs> 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 Got the good stuff down there. <laughs> um, you guys got anything else you want to talk about before we get into this week's show? No. All right, let's get cracking. So anyone who hasn't uh, watched or listened, we're going to go around the table. Everybody's going to bring a wacky news story to the table, and we'll see if we can't just make something funny and or entertaining out of it. As tradition dictates, AJ, we usually start with you, so what do you got for us? All right, I think you guys might have the same story because I just thought this was a real banger right here. <laughs> this is a local story. Uh, a jury in the U.S. city of Portland, Oregon, has convicted a self-published romance novelist who wrote an essay titled How to Murder Your Husband, A Fatally Shooting Her Husband. Oh, I know. I have not no. seen this one. <laughs> the 12-person jury found Nancy Crampton Brophy, 71, guilty of second-degree murder on Wednesday after deliberating for two days over Daniel Brophy's death, according to reports. Brophy, a 63-year-old chef, was killed on June 2nd, 2018, as he prepared for work at the Oregon Culinary Institute in, so in southwest Portland. Crampton Brophy showed no visible reaction to the verdict in the crowded Multnomah County courtroom. Uh, Lisa Maxfield, one of her lawyers, said the defense team would appeal against the decision. The defendant's 2011 how-to treatise detailed uh, various options for committing an untraceable killing, written in the form of a brainstorming exercise for writers. Its, open read, its opening reads, as a romantic suspense writer, I spend a lot of time thinking about murder and, consequently, about police procedure. After all, if the murder is supposed to set me free, uh, I certainly don't want to spend my time in jail. Uh, and let me say clearly for the record, I don't like jumpsuits and orange is my color. The blog post went on to detail motives, financial, lying, cheating, bastard, abuser, and a discussion of possible methods. Knives were personal and up close. Blood everywhere, while, po while poison considered a woman's weapon, was too easy to trace. Crampton Brophy wrote, uh, Guns were loud, messy, so require some skill, the judge requires some skill. The judge, sir, uh, circuit judge, Christopher Ramras, uh, had excluded the essay from the trial, noting it had been published several years ago. Jurors were not allowed to consider it in their judgment. A prosecutor, however, alluded to the essay's themes without naming it after Crampton Brophy took the stand. 
Prosecutors took juror, told jurors Crampton Brophy was motivated by money problems and a life of in, and a life insurance policy. However, Compton Brophy, what, Crampton Brophy, what a weird name, said she had no reason to kill her husband and their financial problems had largely been solved by cashing in a portion of Brophy's retirement savings plan. She owned the same make and model of gun used to kill her husband and was seen on surveillance footage driving to and from the Culinary Institute court exhibits and testimony showed. Prosecutors alleged Crampton Brophy had brought a had bought a ghost gun, an untraceable firearm kit, and swapped parts parts with a shot bought handgun. Police have never found the gun that killed Brophy. Defense lawyers said the gun parts were the inspiration for an idea Crampton Brophy had for a new book and suggested someone else might have killed Bro- Brophy during a botched robbery. Crampton Brophy te- testified that her presence near the culinary school on the day of her husband's death was mere coincidence and that she had parked in that area to work on her writing. Crampton Brophy has seen has been in custody since her arrest in September 2018. She will be sentenced on June 13th. I find it easier to wish people death than to actually kill them, Crampton Brophy wrote in her 2011 post. I don't want to worry about blood and brain splattered on my walls, and really, I'm not good at remembering lies. But the thing I know I know about murder is that every one of us have it in him or her to get pushed when pushed far enough. I mean that does not look good. <laughs> so wait, go back. What did she? Uh, what is this ghost gun? She somehow to, how like combines parts of different guns or something. That's what it sounds. Well, it like. sounds like yeah. She traded out parts and then like got rid of the parts and put the gun back together. She, so, so it wouldn't she, match or something. I don't know. But she, were these like guns she bought illegally or somehow legally, but then mixed them up? I don't. So she bought an untraceable firearm kit. So I guess it's just some sort of kit you use to replace the parts of a, a legal firearm to make it oh, untraceable. Interesting. Sounds strange. I mean, this just reminded me of that O.J. Simpson thing, if I had done it. <laughs> <laughs> this lady is straight up just... I mean, you can't commit a murder after you've written a book about murder like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Although maybe you could use the it'd be too obvious defense. <laughs> Well, she was trying to make the defense that it's too dirty, it's too messy. I, I don't want brains and guts all over me. <laughs> yeah, I would have used poison. <laughs> Man, there was a sim- like a case like this where um, some people got poisoned, but before they'd gotten poisoned, their dogs had been poisoned, and signs were kind of pointing to their neighbor. But um, yeah, it was like weird. They just mysteriously got sick, and like it was like a really horrible but obscure poison, and. Later, it came out that the guy had at one point in his life been a chemist, and he'd been in jail for some other things. But they didn't really have enough to like trace him. But he was actually he was a member of Mensa, and he hosted this like Mensa party. And then like to that group, like he posted like this hypothetical scenario about killing people with poison. Oh, <laughs> I was no. like, this guy's a genius. <laughs> 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 but yeah, there'd been like a f- female FBI agent who'd. Or maybe a police officer, but she'd kind of she'd gotten in close enough to him to like get some evidence on him, I guess. Do you think there maybe is something to that like thing about like some people want to get caught? I don't know. It, it seems like you're being stupid. Yeah, I mean, like or you're just like are you, you're you're that arrogant that you don't think anyone's gonna put it together. It's like the Riddler giving Batman fucking clues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's interesting. No, I had not heard of that. So that was a a Portland uh, person Portland special, huh? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. 
Uh, well, what do you got for us to manifest around one? You got any murder for us? <laughs> no murder this time. Um, a father was forced to pay uh, $4,200 as compensation. When his five-year-old, this is like a de- in a designer toy store, the kid broke this $4,200 golden Teletubby. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> and it just shows it like porcelain smash on the floor. But I'm like, if you're going in a store with like a, a $5,000 Teletubby, like, uh, you got too much money. Maybe you need to just lose some money. But what if he was doing what us poor people do and just walking around and looking? Looking. And- <laughs> this is how the rich people live yeah. with golden teletubbies. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your own, son. <laughs> You're theirs you now. Can just grab him and run. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this kid. <laughs> He'll work it off. <laughs> but what kind of asshole is gonna buy like you know, a three foot tall golden teletubby? Like. What kind of taste do you have? <laughs> I'm surprised the Teletubbies were ever big enough that that got made. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you ever see that show, Uncut Gems? Like, no. He, he owns a jewelry shop and inside there. He's got like, uh, like you know, diamond encrusted Furbies on big gold chains. <laughs> it reminded me of that. <laughs> it's like, just, just go big and tacky and expensive. <laughs> You know, it would be funny if, like, we, like, dramatically changed the way we dress. Like, <laughs> like if one of us just started dr- dressing like a pimp with big, obnoxious, <laughs> like, jewels and stuff. And maybe you one of us... have a fedora. One of us could... need a haircut to wear One of us could start dressing like a southern dandy, like KFC, <laughs> like Colonel Sanders type shit. I don't know. We yeah, could all have these funny the gimmicks. Mm. What would yours be? Something ethnic, I'm sure. <laughs> <coughs> Maybe you should be the, the Colonel Sanders to throw people off. Yeah, do like a southern Indian guy. It's really the, white, the whitest gimmick you can think of. <laughs> I always end up sounding like Benjamin Button. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I got another list article, another fun list. This is the six of the strangest gods and deities from around the world. Uh, Number one, Loki. Um, Loki isn't exactly obscure. You know the Norse trickster god, uh, at least from the Marvel character that's based on him. But his antics sure did get strange at times. In one story, for example, the gods told a certain giant he could marry the goddess Freya, if he built an impossibly large wall. Now, in uh, Marvel, isn't Freya his mother? Yeah, in the movies, he is, she is. Uh, but to g- the god surprise, the giant got close to succeeding, being aided by his giant stallion. Not wanting to lose Freya, the gods told Loki to stop the giant. Later, they probably wished they'd given Loki more specific instructions. That's because Loki, an adept shapeshifter, decided to turn himself into a mare. He then lured the giant uh, stallion away, and uh, let's just say that's how Loki, a male god, ended up giving birth to eight-legged horse Slipner. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird one. Didn't Zeus do that shit too? Like he'd turn into shit and fuck well, shit? I know he'd turn into like animals and fuck women. Yeah. He'd never like... I was like, I'm going to go seduce this stallion over here. <laughs> it's like banging animals was really popular back in the day. <laughs> I'd like to see lo- that slip into the Marvel Universe. You know, it's true. It, I, I think f- that f- became like Zeus's horse as well. I feel like there is a lot of animal fucking in like Greek mythology. So you got to think, 
Were they just fucking animals all the time? Is that how it got into so many of their stories? <laughs> I saw this TikTok with this Italian guy. He was talking Socrates about... Socrates is like, I'm just like sick of women. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> this Italian guy was talking about how... Uh, uh, in Italy, like they have this, or people around the world have this image of Italian guys being like very romantic and you know getting like being ladies' men, and like in real life, he's like Italian guys are like banging goats and stuff in the countryside. <laughs> It'd be funny if you, if you read Socrates and Plato, and you're like, it's just all about horse fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, number two, Mutunus Tutunus. Uh, Mutunus Teutonus was a minor Roman deity of marriage, and he looked like a giant penis. Mm. In the days of the Roman Empire, there was a significant shrine to this god in Rome. During the Roman marriage ceremony, brides were supposedly taken to the temple before being married off. At Mutunus Tunusus' sanctuary, they would then straddle a stone image of the god. So yeah, before marriage, Roman women got to ride uh, with a dildo god. The ceremony, as far as we're aware, was supposed to somehow teach the young brides not to be embarrassed about sex. We suppose after you've crawled over the biggest penis of them all, normal sex kind of loses its mystique. But like... Did they actually like fuck a stone dildo? That yeah, that that's, does not sound good. That does not sound pleasant. <laughs> I do not know how to pronounce this one. Machishkapu. Uh, according to the ancient legends of the Native American Innu people living in Quebec and Labrador, spirits regularly talk to people. How exactly they choose to communicate depends on the spirit or deity itself. Machishkapu has a particularly creative way to speak to his adherents. How does he do it, you ask? Well, uh, his also he's also known as the fart man. Mashiskapu declares his will entirely through people's flatulence, and when he speaks, you will listen. That's because Mashiskapu is, despite his humorous nature, an extremely important figure in Inu mythology. He's one of the most powerful of all spirits and has the ability to control both animal and human behavior. So after you're done uh, chuckling after ripping a particularly loud one, you better quickly go carry out the god's will. That seems like an excuse you could use for farting. Oh, Lester's going to use that. Shishkapoo made me do it. <laughs> He's his avatar. <laughs> Speak to me, old toothless one. Uh, number four, Qualamos. Uh, we know very little about the mythical Greek figure of Qualamos. It's not entirely clear if he was a full-fledged deity or just a spirit entity otherwise known as a daemon. But what we do know is that he was dumb. How dumb? He was the personification of stupidity and foolishness. Even his name highlights how stupid Qualamos is. One theory posits his name derives from the words uh, Quayo and Elios, translating roughly to to hear foolishness. In other words, his name is Dumbass. Unfortunately, we don't know exactly uh, what Kualmus did uh, when his name was invoked, but we bet it was something stupid. Mm-hmm. He's placed his blessing on most of the human race. <laughs> That's the God I'm going to pray to. <laughs> Orbit confusion. <laughs> uh, number five, Cardia. Cardia doesn't really have any strange stories about her. Instead, her weirdness comes from her hyper-specific domain. She was the goddess goddess of hinges, you know, like those on your door or any box with an attached lid. She ended up with the job after turning down the advances of the god Janus, who then, being the outstanding gentleman he is, raped her. 
After ravishing her, Janus declared that Cardia would rule over hinges for all eternity. How petty can you get? But despite her sad origins, Cardia serves a pretty significant purpose. Together with two other gods, Forculus, the god of doors, and Lamentius, the god of thresholds, she opens the passage from the realm of the gods to the mortal world. It's an important job that hinged on Cordia. And then finally, number six, Soshi Pili. Uh, he looks scarier than you'd expect. Soshi Pili from the Aztec mythology had a lot on his plate. To begin with, he was the patron god of homosexuals and gay prostitutes. Hmm. <laughs> but Sochi Pili didn't just rejoice with the boys. He was also the protector of writing, painting, dancing, singing, and the strategy game Patoli. His name translate to, translates to the Flower Prince. But it wasn't just any kind of flower he safeguarded. Oh no, Sochi Pili was the god of psychoactive plants like tobacco and magic mushrooms. Based on this, Sochi Pili clearly just wanted to get high and have a good time with his bros. So there you go, the god of uh, Pili. homosexuals and gay prostitutes, and he's into drugs. <laughs> All right. That's a god that likes to party. <laughs> In a very specific way. <laughs> I feel like that's a conservative's nightmare. <laughs> a Republican's nightmare. <laughs> Gay and drugs. <laughs> yeah, we should bring that back. Be like, we're religious. <laughs> we worship Soshi Pili, and you should too. Door to door, door to door. Oh yeah, I want to get a pamphlet for people under <laughs> Soshi Pili. <laughs> the Church of Soshi Pili. Have you heard the good word? <laughs> a magic mushroom in every brochure <laughs> open your heart and anus to Sochi Pilly <laughs> that's the other thing the flower prince we're talking about the old flowering butthole is that what that was a, a reference to a flower prince alright that was my list AJ do you got a second story for us alright I'm torn between which story to go with but I have to go with red power ranger actor arrested and charged with covid fraud in FBI raid a statement was posted on Austin St. John's Instagram saying he's a father, husband, role model, and friend to many. The indictment detailed today is populated by a multitude of individuals, the majority of which Austin has no knowledge of and has never met or interacted with. It is our understanding that Austin has put... Uh, Austin put his faith, reputation, and finances in the hands of third parties whose goals were self-centered and ultimately manipulated and betrayed his trust. We expect Austin's legal team to successfully defend against these charges and lead to his ex ultimate exoneration. We ask that you respect the privacy of Austin's family in light of this serious situation and thank you for your support. Austin St. John, the actor who played the Red Ranger in, uh, in the 90s series, has had his house raided by the feds and is now under arrest in a massive federal criminal case. One of St. John's neighbors tells TMZ approximately 15 FBI agents in tactical gear rolled up to St. John's home on Thursday at 7 a.m. in Tahoe Suburbans in an upscale neighborhood in McKinney, Texas, brandishing what looked like a AR-15s as they approached his porch. They entered the home, and when they came out, they had, they had a plus one. They had a plus one. St. John in handcuffs. Uh, turns out he, uh, there was a massive federal indictment involving 18 people who have now been charged with fraud. The indictment alleges St. John was part of a scheme to defraud the Small Businesses Administration's Paycheck Protection Program. That's the program designed to help small businesses affected by COVID. 
St. John allegedly got 16 loans totaling $3.5 million, which he used for personal purchases and not for the intended purpose. Uh, Even if it was used for the intended purpose, the feds claim it was obtained fraudulently. St. John uh, played Jason Lee Scott in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which launched... Uh, his career in 1993. He left the show in its second season, but came back from time to time. By the way, there are other Power Rangers who who got in a legal who got in legal mess. Ricardo Medding Jr. Yeah, I was just thinking about this because, like, a couple years ago, I think it was like the Green Ranger like killed a guy with a sword or something. But it was like <laughs> I think they called it self defense, so he didn't like even get in trouble or something. All right, wait, hold on. Ricardo Medina Jr., that's his name. Uh, he starred in Power Rangers Wild Force. He was convicted of manslaughter in 2017 and sentenced to six years for stabbing his roommate with a sword. Oh, never mind. He apparently got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> As for St. John, if convicted, he faces a maximum of 20 years in prison. Man, these Power Rangers have gone to the dark side. I guess you really do live long enough to see yourself become the, <laughs> the villain. <laughs> What's that pink rage you're getting up to? <laughs> <laughs> you hear about the Yellow Ranger? She died in a car accident like two years after season one or something like right. Oh no, I did Young. not. Yeah. It's uh it's not a good thing to be and the Power Rangers don't get paid, man. Those actors. I think uh the company is it Saban or Saban, yeah. Saban? I think. Like they, they have this like contract where they don't have to pay them like they're real actors. They're seen as something else, so they're not paid accordingly. Man, that's why people leave the show so quickly too. They, they'll get on there for a little bit of fame and leave. Well, I, you know, all the kids my age got really into Power Rangers. I never could, even as a kid, I was like, oh, this is a bit too hokey and silly for me. Yeah. But like, apparently, like what they did was like take it. They took a show from Japan, and like they basically just like they they shot the footage of like the kids acting in the school and whatnot, and then they just like cut this J- Japanese show to pieces. And, yeah. Like, you know, filtered that footage in and somehow made a show out of it, you know, the real duct tape. Real cut and paste yeah, operation. Yeah, man. yeah. Yeah, Power Rangers was crazy, man. I watched it, but it was corny as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things I gave a try a couple of times when there was like no cartoons on and I was just like, boy, this is like, even as like a 10 year old kid, I'm like, man, this is cheesy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is rough. But yeah, Power Rangers getting in a trouble. Um, Manifesto round two. Okay, speaking of fraud, a man in Japan gets town's COVID funds by mistake and gambles it all away. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so yeah, there's like this poor poor dude jobless that, and they accidentally <coughs> transfer $360,000 into his account. So he essentially wins the lottery in a way, but then he loses right. it all. And it's just that. like... I forget what the time frame was. It was like maybe 30 days or something. Like he's pretty much withdrawn all of it and gambled it away. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would be going to a different country. <laughs> I'd be getting out of there with my money, put it in a Swiss bank account. Do something. You, I mean, you could transfer it to Bitcoin or something. And then, like, you know, if you get arrested, like at least when you get out, you still have Bitcoin stashed away somewhere. <laughs> Maybe something. that's what he did. He's like, I gambled it away. Yeah, maybe he did like something smart. Boy, he's just lying and saying he gambled. Yeah. It. But did he even break a law? Really, it doesn't sound like he embezzled it. It sounds like they fucked up, right? Yeah. Yeah, they accidentally transferred it to him. I mean, obviously he knew it wasn't his, but still. yeah. But I mean, they put the money in his account. I mean, I think even when that happens, they they can come and try to get it back. 
I feel like in America, this guy wouldn't get in trouble. Yeah. I think America, I've heard of cases okay. of this in America where they they do come for you. I, I know, like, recently this woman, like, she got, like, $3 million deposited in her bank on accident. And she didn't return it. And the bank, like, tried to go after her and press charges and all kinds of stuff. But in the end, she won because you okay, know, nice. they put the money in her account. Yeah, that'd be all right. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I mean, shoot. I hate banks. <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> like, how do you even get $3 million out of a bank? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, most people can't get their own money out of a bank. (laughs) Anything more on that story? Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. A story out of Cambodia. Cambodian government says, stop picking our carnivorous penis plants. Uh, If you don't know much about Cambodia, you should at least know that its tropical nature is breathtaking. Uh, The mountain of Phnom Bokor in the country southwest is particularly amazing. There you can spot many kinds of fascinating wildlife. You may find the Malayan sun bear, the slow loris, the clouded leopard, the penises. Oh, sorry, our mistake. We meant the pitcher plant, Nepenthes bocarenses, uh, which just kind of looks like a penis. See this woman holding them? She's mm, very happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> it went extinct because it looked like a penis. <laughs> the plant's resemblance to a phallus hasn't been lost on people, particularly tourists. They're harvesting the genital-like plants at such a pace that the Cambodian, Cambodian government has felt the need to chime in. In a May 11th Facebook post, the Cambodian uh, Ministry of Environment submitted a plea to the public uh, accompanying the post were pictures of three young women posing with collected and Boca Renzi's pictures. Uh, what they are doing is wrong, and please don't do it again in the future, the machine-translated <laughs> post reads. Our apologies, but we, don't, uh, we can't actually read or speak Cambodian. Thank you for uh, loving natural resources, but don't harvest so it goes to waste, <laughs> the ministry added. You can take pictures without chopping it down. <laughs> Stop riding him in the middle of the field. <laughs> yeah. This isn't Mutanus Futanus or whatever that guy's name. Uh, each of the women depicted in the pictures is holding a variety of floral penises. The one who gathered the most has scored four of them. Then again, we suppose they could have picked just the four pictures and shared them f- for the selfies. We can't really tell. The plants just look like a bouquet of dicks. Uh, but why is picking the dong plants such a big deal? It's the usual reason. They're endangered. N. Bocarenses uh, grows only in the mountains of Kampot province, which includes the Damri Mountains. Uh, Cambodia, unfortunately, has one of the highest deforestation rates in the world, which is now also threatening the penile pitchers. They did fairly well for a surprisingly long time, though. Their habitat lies deep within the Bokor National Park, and so they remain largely undisturbed until 2009. But then Cambodia's government leased uh, Phnom Bokor for private development. Now the building of the large-scale Bacor City is encroaching on the penis plant's territory. There are two silver linings to the three women's phallic flower-picking escapade. They may not have actually killed the plant. The pitchers, uh, which are the part of the plant that resembles a penis, aren't the entire plant. They're modified leaves that the plants use to catch insects. The pitchers emit sweet-smelling nectar that attracts bugs. When a hapless fly buzzes up for a snack, it will slip on the pitcher's slick surface and fall into digestive fluids. This way, the plants can supplement the meager uh, diet they get from the low-nutrient soil they grow in. So the women didn't kill the plant immediately, although it may eventually starve to death. 
the second upside of the women's choice of plant is that they actually did choose N. bocarenses. Some early reports about the Cambodian government announcement mistakenly identified that plant as the related Nepenthes holdini. Uh, Holdini is much rarer and consequently more endangered. But according to its discoverer, wildlife photographer Jeremy Holden, the women uh, wouldn't have had would have had to be very lucky to actually find N. Holdini, since only a few researchers know where it grows. Uh, my plant N. Holdini grows at a few secret locations in the Cardamom Mountains. Bocarenzi's occurs on the far more accessible Phnom Bacor, which has undergone extensive development in recent years. Holden told Live Science. This isn't the first time either that Cambodian authorities have had to remind people not to go fondling the penises they find growing on wild bushes. The Ministry of Environment also submitted a similar plea in 2021. Francois May, the botanical illustrator who originally described both N. Bocarenses and Holdini, said it's all right to be amused by the plants. If people are interested even in a funny way to pose to take selfies with the plants, it's fine. Just do not pick the pictures because it weakens the plant. Because the plant needs these pictures to feed, May said. Uh, so you guys want to go to Cambodia and get some of these penis plants? Man, we don't stand a chance. These are rainbow penises. <laughs> Men are going to be obsolete. The prince of flowers, you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I, all coming around. <laughs> I'd like to see some like evolution where like it's a penis plant, but it's poisonous, and it just kills thoughts and then like grows on their body or something. But really, like if these plants will grow in other areas, like they should really they should flower the earth with these penis plants. We'll just have dick <laughs> flowers going all over the place. It's like Wonka, Wonka land for you. <laughs> <laughs> the penises taste like real penises. <laughs> Man, this story is like uh, Mutumbu Tudmusi or whatever, and Sochi Pilly put together. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. <laughs> um, all right, AJ, story number three. All right, that was kind of interesting. Scientists grow plants in lunar dirt. Next stop, moon. Uh, let's see. For the first time, scientists have grown plants and soil from the moon collected by NASA's Apollo astronauts. Researchers have no idea if anything would uh, had no idea that if anything would sprout in the harsh moon dirt and wanted to see if it could be used to grow food by the by the next generation of lunar explorers. The results stunned them. Holy cow, plants actually grow in lunar stuff. Are you kidding me? said Robert Furt of the University of Florida's Institute of, of Food and Agricultural Studies or sciences, uh, Ferry Furl and his colleagues uh, planted thale crests in moon soil returned by Apollo 11's Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and other moonwalkers. The good news, all of these seeds sprouted. The downside was that after the first week, the coarseness and the other properties of the lunar soil stressed the small flowering weeds so much that they grew more slowly than seedlings planted in fake moon dirt from, from Earth. Most of the moon plants ended up stunted, uh, results were published Thursday in Communications Biology. The longer the soil was exposed to punishing cosmic radiation and solar winds on the moon, the worse the plants seemed to do. The Apollo 11 samples exposed a couple billion years longer to the elements because of the Sea of Tranquility's older surface were the least conducive for growth, according to scientists. This is a big step forward to know that you can grow plants, said Simon Gilroy, a space plant biologist at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, who had no role in the study, the real next step is to go and do it on the surface of the moon. 
Mundur is full of tiny glass fragments from micrometeorite impacts that got everywhere in the Apollo lunar slanders and wore down the moonwalkers' spacesuits. One solution might be to use younger geologic spots on the moon, like lava flows, for digging up planting, for digging up planting soil. Uh, the environment also could be tweaked, altering the nutrient mixture or adjusting the artificial lighting. Only 842 pounds of moon rocks and, so and soil were brought back by six Apollo crews. Some of the earliest moon dust was sprinkled on plants under quarantine with the Apollo astronauts in Houston after returning from the moon. Most of the lunar trash remained locked away, forcing researchers to experiment with simulated soil made, from, made of volcanic ash on Earth. NASA finally doled out 12 grams to the University of Florida researchers early last year, and the long-awaited plant took, took plant, planting took place last May in the, in the lab. NASA said the timing for such an experiment was finally right, with the space agency looking to put astronauts back on the moon in a few years. The ideal situation would be for future astronauts to tap into the endless supply of available local dirt in, for indoor planting versus setting up a hydroponic or all-water system, scientists said. The fact that anything grew means that we have a really good starting point, and now the question is how do we optimize and improve, said Sharmila Bhattacharya. Uh, NASA's program scientists for space biology. The Florida scientists hope to recycle their lunar soil later this year, planting more more thale crests before possibly moving on to other vegetation. Look, until they can grow penises on the moon, I'm not interested. <laughs> I mean, we're getting there. We're going to get penis plants on the moon. <laughs> Shaping up for the Matt Damon shit potatoes. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the shit potatoes. Yep. Shit taters. They're even better. When they have human feces in them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds cool, man. I, I, I do hope we get to the point where we can grow stuff on, on the moon because we might need to at some point. I, I don't feel it would like, be like economically feasible. Yeah, I don't think that's going <laughs> to scale very well. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just kind of reminds me of Dune, like where they have like planets and then they have the, like, these huge farm planets where they like get the agriculture and they send it to like their... Their cities, the spice their colonies, flow. yeah. Yeah, you just uh, start making drugs on the moon. <laughs> moon spice. Hydroponic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do we got another manifesto story? All right. Construction workers spot missing woman skeleton through her window. I saw this headline, but I didn't read it. So this, it's like a big apartment building. Apparently she's on like the seventh floor. But um, they find her in April. Uh, she was reported missing like in January... But they think she's probably been dead since, like, July or August. How do people not smell it? I mean, what kind of apartment are you Are you just like, hey, you know, it smells like death over here. <laughs> and the super's like, eh, <laughs> they don't cause any trouble for me. Like, nobody checked. I mean, you've been reported missing since January. Like, how shitty is your police force that, like, they can't find you in your own apartment in, like, three or four months? Well, I think they have, like, issues with... Missing persons, like if they're an adult or something, then they, like you don't even try. Like they they don't qualify them as like a missing person after some amount of time. Like I'm not sure how long. <laughs> like we knocked on the door and it smelled really like death, but uh, mm. you know. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were like the downstairs neighbor and list like her bodily like like melted like fluids and skin oh. and shit just starts like leaking <laughs> right. through the wet spot on the ceiling. <laughs> Yeah. It's hard to imagine that somebody didn't smell that shit. 
Yeah. That had to be horrendous. You would think so, yeah. Because they said they found her skeleton. <laughs> I know. Her skeleton. That means everything else fucking rotted off. Ugh. That quickly, too? Like, I mean, just a it's, few months. Well, they figure she probably died, like, back in August. Mm. And it's been... They didn't find her till April. You know, like, maggots and shit were just, like, feasting. Yeah. Ugh. I would not want to see that if I was a construction worker. That's nah. where that's who saw it? Through the window? Yeah, I guess they were doing something. They saw her through the window. Man. Ugh. I would just erase that from memory. <laughs> I wouldn't even report it. I'd be like, nope, didn't see anything. <laughs> I mean, I don't think like seeing a skeleton from a distance would bother me, but smelling that dead body, that would that's what would bug- bother me. Yeah, I'm, I think you'd smell it before you saw it, right? Like at that point. You'd have to smell it. I can't such imagine. A smell. I know. That's a distinct smell like when you're driving through on the highway or something, and you smell like a dead deer, dead animal. Yeah, that even smell, with the windows like, up, it's pungent. Yeah, you're like, holy yeah, shit. Hey, I don't know. So awful. Like, maybe it was just like a ho- or a, a, an apartment building that, like, I don't know, didn't have many people in it. I wouldn't think so. No, she, so she was on, like, the seventh floor. It had to so, be yeah, crazy. it was like a huge building, you would think. Was she the only one on the seventh floor? <laughs> God yeah, damn. Was she loaded? Would she pay like several years in advance? Was this a penthouse or something? I mean. Yeah, you'd have to have some kind of payment set up or you'd be like, should have been evicted by then. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. You think the landlord would have been like, hey, money time. What's that smell? Yeah. <laughs> you better not be dying in there. <laughs> it uh, smells like you're busy. I'll just <laughs> <laughs> you just quit and leave. Yeah. maybe the next person will have to deal with it <laughs> oh man anything else on that one no nah. well it looks like we got time for about one more story i don't have anything super funny but i found this a little bit interesting kentucky employer owes worker four hundred and fifty thousand dollars due to a birthday party a company threw a man a birthday party, but the man didn't want one. He turned around and sued them, and the jury sided with him. A $450,000 settlement was awarded to the employee. The Kenton County Circuit Court in northern Kentucky heard the case, and the verdict was given this last week. Court documents said that the employee had notified the office manager to make them aware of his anxiety disorder, triggered by birthday parties. He said that being the center of attention causes him causes him to have panic attacks. The employee reached out to the office manager days ahead of time of his August birthday and asked uh, not to arrange a party to celebrate for him as they do for other employees. However, on August 7th, the employee's birthday, uh, there was a lunchtime birthday party in the lunchroom arranged by the office. The employee was headed to his lunch break when he found out about the party, and then he had a panic attack. The employee then rushed to leave the office suddenly and spent his lunch break in his car. Said employee sent a text to his office manager asking why she failed to accommodate his request and not throw him a party. The next day, the employee was called into a meeting in which he was confronted and criticized by the manager regarding his reaction to the party. The employee had uh, another panic attack because of the meeting and asked the manager to stop. The lawsuit states that the employee was then sent home for the next two days and that weekend was notified that he was being fired because of the events of the previous week. 
Gravity Diagnostics was then sued by its previous employee on grounds of disability discrimination and retaliation. The lawsuit said that because Gravity Diagnostics didn't accommodate his anxiety disorder, that the birthday party and that the events uh, afterward caused him to suffer from a loss of income and benefits and emotional distress and mental anxiety. Jurors sided with the employee agreeing that the company violated Kentucky law that protects workers who had a disability from adverse employment actions. The total sum that went to the employee was $450,000, $300,000 for emotional distress, and additional uh, $150,000 for lost wages. Now, here's the thing is like, this guy definitely, you know, was wrongfully fired. Like, I think he should have won the case. But goddamn, $450,000? Yeah, it seems like a lot. That seems like a lot. Some of these settlements, like we had that story last week about the woman with the killer cat, and she got like that crazy settlement. It's like, <laughs> how are these people getting like such huge settlements? It seems crazy. I feel like you got to know somebody. <laughs> they must have somebody on the inside, like who works there. Like, there's a, you know, the Our job. lawyers just like know what they're fucking doing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I feel like you need to find something slightly obscure and then just, like, be a litigious asshole. The thing is, like, how big of a cunt was his boss that he's, like, specifically like, hey, I have this yeah. problem, don't, I don't please don't do this. And the next day they're like, happy birthday, <laughs> we got you a party. And then they reprimanded him after that. Yes. <laughs> hey, we threw you a party, you weren't, like, grateful. <laughs> yeah, you don't get grateful, bitch, you're fired, get the fuck out of here. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Maybe they just didn't like him. He's working for uh, Moon Knight's boss. <laughs> I don't, but that's such a weird revenge to throw a party yeah. for somebody you don't like because <laughs> they don't like the party. <laughs> I'm being an asshole and it looks like I'm being a generous guy. <laughs> yeah. Here's your gift. <laughs> How do you think you like being the center of attention in this trial? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> He's like, well, if I'm getting paid 450000 yeah. I can do it. Calm my ass down. Also, like, was he getting paid really good money? Because they gave him a, you know, 150000 in lost wages. Uh, maybe he was like a software engineer or something. Could have been. <laughs> no party, please. Hmm. We need to all sue our employers for something. <laughs> Get get some car accident. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I'll try to sue them. <laughs> um, well, we're over an hour. Do you guys got any like small stories to go out on or anything else you wanted to talk about? I'm good. I'm good. I was like, we could talk about current events, but fuck if things been depressing lately. Yeah. Like, look at the last month. Like the whole like abortion thing, a bunch of shootings, and then the school shooting. It's like, god damn. This is one thing after another. Man, we add social media to that. It just seems like the end of times. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully we brought you a little bit of joy today, everybody. <laughs> um, we thank you very much for watching and listening. Make sure to tell your friends about us, share our clips and everything on, on social media. Make social media actually a bright spot with our clips. Uh, go ahead and subscribe both to the YouTube channel and your on uh, your podcast service of choice. Uh, thumbs up. Uh, leave us comments. And uh, why not talk to us on, on social media, specifically Twitter. Guys, where can people find you on Twitter? At a name for this too, and that's the number two. 
At Unsolicited, S-U-G. And you can, of course, find me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that's going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. Have a good one.